G'day all, Jess here. Welcome back to the show for another week. This is episode 260 of the Create and Thrive podcast. I've had a very big week because I have just turned 40 this past week. Uh, We here in Queensland don't have any COVID in the community, so I was lucky enough to be able to have a big honking party with my friends and family on the weekend, which was absolutely fantastic. We had it at my parents' property, and I actually shared the party with my dad because last year, during our short lockdown, he actually had his 70th birthday and uh, wasn't able to have a party and our birthdays are just a week apart so we decided to combine forces and have a big big party so all of our friends his friends my friends all of our family were invited and we had a big fun party on the weekend which was fantastic and then on Monday which was my actual birthday uh, I just had a quiet day with Nick breakfast in bed and he spoiled me with lovely food and I went for a swim in the ocean and read my book and had a generally relaxing day and it was awesome uh, awesome way to finish up one decade and start another and speaking of which uh, over the last year I've kind of been collating a whole bunch of things that I feel like I've learned in my life so far and obviously you know here on the podcast I share with you a lot of things that I've learned about business and what I've learned about handmade business over the last decade and more that I've been running my own. But I wanted to go a bit broader and I've actually done a YouTube video, 40 things I've learned in 40 years. And I cover, you know, topics about life, love, friendship, work, health, all those sorts of things. So if you want to check that out, you can over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den, and just look for that video, 40 things I've learned in 40 years. It's pretty short. I managed to keep it concise. I didn't ramble too much. (laughs) It could have been a really long video, but I'm like, nope, here's just bam, bam, bam. Here's all the things. So uh, if you do check that out, please do leave me a comment over there underneath the video. I'd love to hear your thoughts on my thoughts. Uh, But let's get on to today's show, which is an interview with the amazing Jessica Rose. Uh, we joke in this episode that she's basically me, but English and went in a different direction because we sort of started around the same time, you know, learning how to make jewelry. And then I went on, you know, to make jewelry and sell jewelry still to this day. And I also teach the business side of things. And Jess has moved more towards the jewelry teaching side of things, but she also teaches business skills now as well in her Jewelers Academy. And she teaches very high level jewelry skill work. Uh, She had one of the most successful, possibly the most successful jewelry training school in Europe. Uh, Obviously, because of COVID, uh, the in-person school had to be closed down. So she's pivoted now to selling those courses and that jewelry training online. And she's got some really high level diplomas that you can do in jewelry design. But we'll talk more about that in the episode. We kind of just chat about her journey, um, what she has learned about teaching in person and teaching online over the last few years. So if you are interested in becoming a teacher like teaching your craft skills you'll definitely find this valuable even if you're not I think you'll find it really interesting you know because we talk about how to diversify your income and she talks about how she used YouTube to grow uh, her audience a bit as well so there's lots in this episode and we just have a great time chatting so I hope you enjoy it and uh, let's get to this episode with Jess Rose. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, 
And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. So I'm here with Jessica Rose of Jewelers Academy. Welcome, Jess. Hi, lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. It's the Jess and Jess episode again. It is. It is. Yeah. uh... We just recorded an episode for Jess's podcast. So I'll be on her show and she's coming on my show. What's the name of your show for everybody listening? Jewelers Academy as well. Yeah, Jewelers Academy. (laughs) So make sure to go check that out, my jeweler friends who are listening to the show. Um, yes, so today, to yes, today we are here because Jess is a basically a master teacher of uh, her craft, and I wanted to pick her brain about this topic because I know, especially these days, a lot of us are sort of, you know, delving into teaching as a secondary income source, um, especially teaching online during this time of COVID, because Jess is in the UK, where obviously things are pretty bad still at the moment as we record this, and you guys are pretty much all still in lockdown over there. Is that right? That is right. Yeah, we get our one walk a day. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> You're allowed to escape the walls. Yeah, yeah, we get out of solitary confinement for an hour or so. <laughs> no, it's not so bad, but it is It is locked down. But it's all for a good cause, you know, yeah. to kind of save human race and stuff. So That's it's all right. good. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, for you know those of you who want to learn how to how to teach online specifically although I'm sure a lot of your tips will be amazing no matter what sort of way people want to teach Um, so we're going to be talking about that today but before we do let's let's give everyone a little bit of your background and how you got into doing what you do and the business you've built around teaching sure yeah of course well I started uh, around 2008 which is same time as you (laughs) (laughs) interesting um and yeah I started I mean I just I went to like a craft fair I I just left like my uni course and my job because I wasn't very happy in either and I just always have this thing if I'm not happy I'm just like I'm just gonna leave it and just gonna figure it out um so I left both (laughs) everyone thought it was a little bit nuts you know like what are you doing (laughs) well like your job was paying you really well but I just never think it's worth doing something that hurts your soul you Mm -hmm. know so I was I knew I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I was walking around this craft fair and I saw people making jewelry and I was quite young and I was like, oh my God, people make jewelry. That's a thing. Like I didn't even really realize. I just thought it was factories or I don't know. I didn't Mm. think about it before. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, I'm going to be a jewelry designer. That's what I'm going to do. That's the rest (laughs) of my life sorted. So I just went on some short courses, did like some beading, did a little bit of silversmithing and uh, started selling my work. So I sold it for about a year and it was going really well, but it was not enough income for me to feel like this is going to like buy me a house. This is mm-hmm. going to like the things that I want for my life. Um, and I went, I remember going on this course and there was a teaching element of it. And I was like, I don't want to do teaching. No, I'm building a jewelry <laughs> brand. I'm not interested in that, but it was part of the course. So two days of teaching. And by the end of the two days, I was like, okay, I'm going to do some teaching because it's interesting. (laughs) I'll try it. I'll give it a try. And uh, I just set up like six classes, one a month on like a Saturday for six months. And this was back in the olden days when you got like, I got a flyer printed (laughs) and put it in the post office. Although you can still do that. It does still work. Yeah. And um, yeah, just put on the classes. I had like six spaces on each class and they all sold out which I was amazed by. I was like, wow, okay, people really love learning this stuff. Um, 
And then people were just saying, when's like the intermediate level? What can we do next? So I was like, oh, great. Okay. I just started adding classes. And then people were asking for classes that I didn't know how to teach. Mm-hmm. So I was like, great. I know someone who knows how to do that. So I started hiring just like freelance jewelers to come and teach the things that I didn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just gradually built what was then called the London Jewelry School. And um, I ran it just from a community center for about a year. And eventually we had classes every day and it was a lot. So we got our own premises and uh, there were lots of challenges around the premises, but mm-hmm. eventually we ended up in Hatton Garden, which is kind of the jewelry quarter in London, which was quite a scary thing to do because central London <laughs> rents. <laughs> oh yeah. Crazy. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of forced into it, but it was a happy accident because overnight my business just like 10 times increased in wow. terms of demand and and everything and yeah just never really looked back in terms of that and the London Jewelry School ran for about 13 years um we've closed it down for now because of COVID uh but it's still I've still got all the stuff so we may well be back up again in a few years time and then alongside that kind of in the past sort of four or five years I started Jewelers Academy which is an online version of the school basically Mm -hmm. People used to travel from all over the world to come and visit us in London. And then when they went home, they'd be like, oh, I wish I could still learn with you. Or, you know, if they couldn't make it to London, they wanted to still learn kind of the things we were teaching. So we now teach all the jewelry making online. Also how to run a successful jewelry business, uh, because that's the natural kind of progression once people learn how to make jewelry. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun journey. That's kind of it in a nutshell. I love that we like started at the same time, kind of in the same way, and then went in two completely different like directions. Yeah, like, yeah, it's amazing it's, where you can go. It is, it is. I feel like two thousand and eight was a thing because yeah, there was yeah. all <laughs> mother businesses started. That it was a recession here. Yeah. I don't know if it yeah, there, and yeah. everyone was changing, moving their jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if COVID will have a similar effect where loads of people are shifting. So I the next. So next generation of awesome businesses are on the way. Yeah, I think a lot of people, like from my knowledge, have started a business during COVID or their business has like taken off, like their Mm. little side business has really taken off because they've been selling online. Uh, So it's been an amazing, I mean, it's been a terrible time, but it's been, I think, an amazing just moment in history that will have very big ripple effects going forward, definitely, which, again, the GFC in 2008, 2009 was as well you know, uh, really affected a lot of people's lives. So that is a really interesting point. So like how many students were you getting at this sort of peak of the London Jewellery School? Yeah, so I think we worked out like we've had about 40,000 students. Wow. Yeah, so because by the end we had like three studios, seven days a week, daytime classes, evening classes, like just packed out. So, but we taught so many different things as well. Yeah. I think we had over a hundred different classes. So we had like all the silversmithing, goldsmithing, but then stuff like enameling and mm-hmm. resin and glass and wood and wedding rings and engagement rings, like just such a range. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you, at, by the point, you know, kind of the, the sort of peak of things, were you still doing any actual teaching or were you just too busy managing everything? Not very much. I wasn't doing very much, but that was more a decision than that I was so busy. Mm -hmm. It was more just that I was kind of happy to be building Jewelers Academy and doing some other projects um, online. So I was teaching, but I was teaching online. I suppose I'd moved 
moved it over but yeah in the early days I was teaching like maybe five days a week which is awesome but it's it's a lot (laughs) so I was quite happy to be like you come in and teach it you're amazing at this um (laughs) so yeah the nice thing about and you'll probably know this as well as your business grows is you get to choose what you Mm want to do Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't have to do everything anymore and uh, I I enjoyed passing bits on but and and doing the bits that that I wanted to do which is which is great (laughs) that is nice it is nice so uh, is there a big difference between teaching like person and teaching online yes I think so um but I think that the actual teaching the content of what you're teaching is pretty much the same Mm -hmm. so that that element isn't much different but it's how you manage it it's how you put it all together and probably um one of the biggest things as well is how you market it Mm -hmm. because uh, what a lot of people don't perhaps always realize to begin with is marketing your class online is about 50% of the work. Mm-hmm. So um, you can create this amazing class and you can have, you know, everything you need in place. But if people don't know about it, if, you know, you haven't got an audience or, you know, and, and I, I, I had this experience to begin with. I launched my first online courses, I don't know, it must have been like eight years ago now. And even though I actually had an audience at the jewelry school, um, it, they weren't successful mm. online because people were just not, they didn't know that that's what I did. They didn't really expect it. And I didn't market it. Basically. I just said, guys, here it is. Go, go get it. <laughs> <laughs> we had like three sales or something from like a giant mailing list. And I was just like, what's going on here? And I realized I didn't do any kind of like build up. I didn't, mm. um, I didn't get people involved in the process. I didn't take them on the journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens with businesses anyway. You know, if you just create a collection or create all your products and then you just say, go, like, (laughs) go buy it. (laughs) People are just like, what, who, what, where? Um, So so the marketing is is so important. Um, Yeah, it really is. And it's, I think that's a big learning curve for a lot of people starting out. I mean, in, in either, you know, a handmade business or a teaching business, mm -hmm. you can't, it's not a build it and they will come scenario. You know, you you have to do the work to build, to bring people in. Um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of makers find that quite difficult. Like that selling part of things, they find it a little bit icky or a little Mm -hmm. bit uncomfortable. I mean, what do you focus on when you are marketing your your workshops what what are sort of the language and the the things you focus on to kind of entice people to look further yeah well i i do understand the kind of like icky sales stuff and moving away from that i think it has to be fun Mm -hmm. it has to be fun for both you and the community you're engaging and i really focus on instead of sales like community that's Mm -hmm. probably the word i would focus on the most just like how do I attract people who I really want to speak to and they really want to speak to me and we're all really excited about the same things. So the great thing about teaching something that's a craft is you're probably already super passionate about it. Mm. So when you start putting that out, like I love taking pictures of like gemstones and jewelry <laughs> and sharing it with people and be like, oh my God, you could make this. How like how cool is that? So I think it's really getting your passion across and mm. not seeing sales or the marketing is separate to the business but it's all part of the same thing and it's really just sharing what you love with other people who love it which becomes a much more enjoyable journey so we use obviously like stuff like instagram um email marketing is really important for us in fact most of our sales come from email marketing 
but it's not just about having a list because I had a list, but they just, it was so different to what they had expected from me that it didn't, it kind of didn't work. So I think it's, you know, speaking with them every week and sharing just some thoughts, some ideas, they don't need to be um, massive revelations. They could just be, Oh, I'm thinking about teaching like this or that, like, which one would you prefer? Um, and just talking to them, talking to them, getting their feedback. And the other thing that I did, which I think has been really important is have a Facebook group for the teaching. So for Mm -hmm. Jewelers Academy. So if I was a designer maker of any kind, and I was planning on teaching online, I would definitely set up a Facebook group for that, you know, like Potters United or whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) Because people can meet meet other people doing the same thing. They can ask questions. It also takes a lot of pressure off you as a teacher because as the community grows, they start answering questions to each other. Yes. Which is really nice. So it's, yeah, really enjoying that side of it, that community building. Mm. Um, And because that's part of it. That's, you know, and I love it. And I think that people who love what they do will love it as well. Yeah, I think that's um, really important. Um, Coming from an education teaching background, we call that peer assisted learning. There we go. It's got a word. <laughs> and, and that's what I like. Like I, t- I try to facilitate that in my own courses and, and classes and things because like learning for me is great, but I love it when they, when you learn from each other, like the community, cause you can, cause you're learning from your peers and it's, mm-hmm. it's a different thing, you know, and they, you know, they're helping you. So they feel like, Oh, I feel like I'm helping someone and contributing. And it just, it creates this really positive supportive environment, which is really, really nice. So yeah, I, having a Facebook group, like all my courses, I do the same. And it's just a great space. Like, especially now in COVID times where people can't, you know, they're struggling to socialize and, you know, have those connections. I think it's more important than ever to create a nice online space for your, your students to connect with each other and with you in a real human way. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) So I think another thing we talked to, because we had a conversation before we recorded this, another mm. thing we talked about was how your own your own sort of confidence in your craft will come across or not come across perhaps, you know, in your teaching <laughs> if you're not confident in what you're teaching. So, you know, how important do you think it is to be really, really confident in your craft before you move on to teaching? I think it's important, but I also think that sometimes people put themselves off because they're like, I'm not a master yet. Mm -hmm. I need to be a master before. And, you know, I started teaching, I think about a year after I'd started learning how to make jewelry. So I wasn't a master by any means, but I did feel really confident in what I was teaching, Mm -hmm. which is the main thing, I think. So I had um, a lesson plan. And I'd mapped out, um, and I used to, my first classes that I taught were beginner's metal clay, which is a really fun class to teach. Um, (laughs) I think it's always worth starting with a beginner's class, Mm. uh, just because the projects are more simple and, um, you know, it's just an easy place to start. And I had, so in the day, they made um, a charm, uh, a ring, and a pendant with a stone in it. So it's very clear what they were making. So Mm -hmm. I was able promote that and I knew exactly what materials to buy I mean this was for in person but it'd be the same online mm-hmm. and um I had timings of okay but you know by you know the class started at 10 by 11 30 we'd need to be finished with a certain part and they'd be on the dryer and then by one o'clock everything would go in the kiln so kind of making sure you've got that structure for yourself I think that's more important than you being an amazing craftsman because 
they're not going to learn how to be as amazing as you are anyway in that one day. Um, but they do need that structure and that safety of this is where we're doing things. This is how we're doing things. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to answer questions as well. But the thing I also always say to people who are teaching for me, because I've employed a lot of teachers at mm -hmm. the Jewelry School, about 40 freelance teachers and you know they're all at different levels all different experience is it's okay if you don't know the answer to a question to say you know it's a really interesting question I don't know the answer to that one but let me find out for you and come back to you you know because mm -hmm. you don't need to know everything I think what's more important than your knowledge being amazing is that you care about the people and you want to teach because mm -hmm. uh, I have had jewelers as well who are amazing jewelers and really don't want to teach and they're just doing it because they feel like they have to have some extra income <laughs> and <laughs> that's not good that's no. not, I'd rather have someone who really cares about the students but needs a bit more work you know yeah. on their own because that's something you can always upskill you know you can always do more classes so yeah it's kind of a mixture so you want to know enough that you know what you're doing um but it's more about the environment you you create for people and their outcomes uh, which you'll know all of this as well as a teacher i'm sure yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's outcome-based learning you know was really big when i was doing my training that's what it was all focused around so that's it's a really good point you know being very very clear on what the outcomes are that your students are going to have by the end of the, the course the lesson whatever it may be uh, which you know when you're teaching craft is should be relatively simple they're going to make this yeah. this this x product and they're going to walk away with it and i think you know and, and it's it's actually really awesome you know teaching something really concrete like that because like mm -hmm. you said you can use the product to market the thing you know like you can make lots of different variations of it or you know take photos in past classes and use that as part of your mark you know social proof marketing showing what other students have made using this course and it's just it's a, such a great a great thing to be able to have that concrete item to to talk about and to to work towards and people feel really accomplished when they walk away with that finished product definitely yeah it, it's a wonderful thing and it's wonderful teaching adults who want to learn so oh, yeah you know, <laughs> anyone who's taught in a school <laughs> had bad teaching experiences it's like these people are paying you because they really want to learn it and they're they're excited you know and they're passionate and i think that's a really nice nice thing to to be able to offer people as well yeah so let's talk a bit more about the practicalities of teaching online uh, mm. because that's probably what most people are going to be doing th at this point in time what are some of the tips uh, that you can give people about teaching craft online just you know tech setup and the sort of the behind the scenes sort of stuff that they might not have thought of to make sure that they don't you know come a cropper of any sort of <laughs> issues <laughs> that they may not have <laughs> considered beforehand yeah, well, I think the first thing is to think about, is it going to be live or is it going to be pre-recorded? Mm. And um, that's an interesting question. I mean, for us, because it's jewellery and it's very small, um, most of our teaching classes, our making classes are all pre-recorded. Because if you're going to have a set of two millimetre diamonds, uh, there's no way you're doing that on Zoom. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, so we actually invest quite a lot in the tech behind what we do. But you don't need to start there. And that's not where I started um, at all. Uh, so how, how I started doing um, the pre-recorded stuff is I just made a commitment to myself that I would try every week to share a YouTube video of how to make something. Mm -hmm. 
something obviously you give away for free and this is audience building and it's also again like i said building the right audience or perhaps educating your audience who are used to buying from you to actually i also do this now yes. and i'm good at it and i'm passionate about it and you can enjoy it kind of thing so it's mm -hmm. having an audience doesn't always mean that they want to do you know, if they're used to buying from you, you mm -hmm. may need to kind of give them some ideas. So yeah, every week I kind of did a YouTube video and some of them are really simple, just like these are the pliers you need for jewelry making. <laughs> um, some of them are more, a bit more involved, like making a necklace together or making a project. And I learned so much through that. I had a camera set up that I set up at home. So I had two cameras. So one was kind of, I put in front of me, which kind of had like the bird's eye view-ish overhead of my like beading mat. And one was kind of like almost over the shoulder, mm -hmm. so quite close up. And um, yeah, it's I learned how to how to film them, how to edit them, a little bit about the sound. Um, it is more work doing it on your own, but I think it's really good to go through the process of having done some on your own because now I use a film crew. But had I never done it on my own, I probably wouldn't have known what to look for in the film crew. I wouldn't yeah. really understand their job. So it's it's helped a lot and one of the main reasons why i use a film crew i mean one is to get the great angles and we now have kind of like three angles and all of that kind of stuff but also for the editing because the mm -hmm. editing does take quite a long time but it's really nice to have someone else do that but you could outsource just the editing if you wanted to mm -hmm. so yeah i'd say experiment with the pre-recorded stuff see what works um and this idea of doing like a youtube every week you also start to see which ones are getting more views than others mm. What do people need you know it's a great kind of testing ground for uh, i thought that this video was going to be amazing but actually it's not done so well and this one that was really simple like took me five minutes is like got you know loads of views so that's a great way to kind of test things then i think for doing stuff live um i mean there are people who teach craft live as well and uh, i think you just need to make sure that your the, the thing you're doing is big enough for people to see it and for beginners, um, it, it's a little bit more challenging for beginners. So I know a lot of jewelers who will teach live, but they only teach intermediate level because right. they've already got tools, they already know the basics. Um, it really depends what you're teaching, I think, and how challenging it is mm -hmm. as well. But I think with all of these things, it's just experiment, you know, like, and tell people you're experimenting. You know, I'm going to try out a Zoom. It's 50% off just for the first one, you know, I'm using you guys as my guinea pigs, but I'd love your feedback. And some people will come and, you know, you can get the feedback from that and you might figure out, okay, that's not right for me or, or that is right for me or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, for live stuff, I tend to use Zoom because people just, it's become like a household name now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows it. Um, yeah. But the other one I really like to use is called Crowdcast. Mm -hmm. um, that one that platform um i really like to use for kind of like bigger groups so where you don't see each other yeah um but where you're perhaps delivering to like a lot of people i just really like the interface on that one so it's kind of like a personal choice but mm -hmm. before i chose a platform i experimented with all of them again just spent a week or so just going through because yeah. everyone just has different pref preferences there's also like webinar jam mm -hmm. um yeah there's probably tons more now as well so i think but yeah the, the youtube experimentation is probably where i learned most things and then just going for it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's okay to make mistakes as well. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't expect perfection and you will, you will develop as you grow.
do you want to get more sales on Etsy? Etsy is a huge part of my business and the vast majority of my sales come from Etsy search. That means I have to optimize my Etsy SEO or search engine optimization in order to be found. And if you want to be found, you need to do the same. If you'd like some tricks and tips to help you optimize your search engine optimization on Etsy, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO and you can download my Etsy SEO cheat sheet, which will teach you all of the tips you need to implement in order to make sure that you're getting your best possible ranking on Etsy search. That's createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO to download that free cheat sheet right now. Yeah, I think the YouTube thing is a really good tip because I think one thing that people need to get really comfortable with is being on camera and talking to camera. Um, I'm just so used to it now that it's like, (laughs) I don't even notice I'm doing, I'm like, right. Okay. Hi. Hi everyone. But I think when you, if you've never done it before, if you've never taught before and you've never, you're not comfortable, you know, speaking on camera or to, to, voice video you know microphone it can be a bit of a daunting experience so you know i always say get on like instagram live or or your instagram stories if you don't want to go live and just get used to being on camera and like talking naturally to to people because what you don't want to do is like have this script that's like you're really stilted reading to camera (laughs) you know your personality doesn't come through and you, you know that's it just doesn't feel comfortable for anyone like um, yeah. people will say to me, yeah, oh, do you have a, like for your podcast, do you have a script? And I'm like, no, like I have bullet points. And then I, I go from there because I know, my to- <laughs> I know my topic. I know my content. I don't need to script it out. I just need bullet points to help me go through it all and manage it. And that's a lesson plan. Same sort of thing. Um, you know, when you stand up in front of a, a, a room of nine-year-olds for five hours a day for a year, you, you know, you have to learn to think on your feet and keep them engaged. So it's like trial by fire, learning how to teach. But, you know, this is like walk in the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're totally right. Like, and, you know, we have some, because we because we use the film crew now mm. and because there's quite a diff, few different tutors who teach with me, sometimes they're just thrown in at the deep end and there's like, five people around them like <laughs> filming all these cameras me there like directing and and, and you know like and some people it's just so natural you know yeah. they just speak and it's as if they're just speaking and for some people it's so like it, you just almost can't speak because yeah. it's like that stage fright thing so mm-hmm. I think being really kind to yourself taking the pressure off like it's just a conversation you know mm-hmm. we're just teaching like some sewing like this mm-hmm. is not no one's going to live or die based on this. And yeah, really yeah. just like, it just, it doesn't matter if you stumble your words. Like, no. yeah. And one thing that really helped me with that was taking the focus off myself mm-hmm. and just being like, it doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what I sound like. I'm trying to help someone, you know, I'm trying to be helpful mm-hmm. and really focusing on the value that you're giving and um, the kind of almost like service that you're, mm-hmm. you're providing um because it's all just nonsense in our head anyway like oh is my does my hair look good like is my makeup okay what does my voice sound like am I umming and ahhing and ultimately if someone wants to learn they just want to learn they don't care really about that stuff so that when I get nervous I just think stop thinking about yourself (laughs) think about the people you're going to help and also think about the people that you you wouldn't help if you stopped yourself from doing this you know 
think about that block and then I just feel like, oh yeah, it's all about you. And Absolutely. That really, yeah. I love that. All right, let's get back to the tech side of things. Get yes. back to the, what's next on the yeah. list? So, I mean, I think it's not, it's not that difficult really. It's just, you know, have a camera, have a microphone or think about sound. Sound is actually the thing I find the most challenging mm. um, to do by myself. And that's where it really helped to have a film crew, but you can do it. I mean, you can do it with your phone and you can get like a plug-in kind of microphone um, and it can be as simple as that. The phones nowadays have actually such good quality um, mm. film on them that I've done quite a few videos recently just with the phone. And I'm always surprised like, wow, this looks almost as good as, mm. as using like a proper camera. Then lighting is really important as well. So make sure your area is well lit. So I have um, a few sets of lights now that I've built up over time, but I tend to just have like one coming from the left, one coming from the right onto mm -hmm. me. And then sometimes a little little kind of lights in the background if it seems dark. Mm. So the other thing I guess to think about is your backdrop. So I used to use backdrops because my house was like a total mess when I started. <laughs> <laughs> I used to use backdrops from I think it's I think they're called like Katie's backdrops or something. But anyway, it was an Etsy seller and she sold these really nice fabric backdrops. And I think a lot of them were for weddings and things, mm -hmm. but you could get them and I got like just a wooden one. Um and like a concrete one mm -hmm. and it just meant and I got a stand you kind of have like a simple metal stand they're not that expensive but and it just means you don't have to worry about the background yeah. you can just it. or you can just choose a nice area of your house you know mm -hmm. where there's like you can just tidy up that area <laughs> <laughs> um so a nice background some nice lighting um, yeah, have a think about how you're gonna um, work with sound you do need a microphone of some sort and um then yeah, making sure you've got a couple of different, you could start with just one camera angle, actually, if it's your first ever class, but something that I would encourage you to add in is like a close up and a, and a longer shot, because mm -hmm. then you can kind of switch between the two. You want to give people as much information as possible. So for like a high quality online training video, I, I'm always thinking, because I now do the directing, I'm always thinking as a student, do I have everything I need to know to be able to make this piece? Yeah. And sometimes it's hard because we know how to make it. Yeah. So we think, oh, that's obvious. But mm -hmm. no, like include everything. And I think the other thing that's really important, which I didn't realize right away, is that exact dimensions of what they're using, people need to know. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, with sewing, you can't just say like a meter or two. Uh, <laughs> you've got to be like, even if they could do it with a meter or two, yeah. give them a number like tell them exactly what to do how much how long how thick um you know with jewelry there's lots of dimensions because you might have like mm -hmm. a stove but even if you're making like a chair or something there must be loads of dimensions in that mm -hmm. and, um yeah be specific about exactly how they do it we all know that there are different ways to do things and that they can kind of experiment mm -hmm. and stuff but if the first time you ever do something you want to be told exactly what to do because you're a bit nervous and you don't know how to fill in the gaps again yeah. like with cooking or something you don't want someone to say i'll throw in a few herbs you're like what herbs oh how my many? gosh that reminds me of the difference between me and my husband he's like recipes are a guide and i'm like no i need to read it like 20 times to make sure i'm doing it exactly right at exactly the right time yeah yeah 
I don't, I, I, yeah, there's different personality types yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And I can't tell you how many emails we've got. Like, how big is this stone from a video that I've done like seven years ago? And I'm yes. like, oh, <laughs> could be two mil, could be three mil. So just write it all in, you know, write it all in the notes. We, we tend to have notes that go with yeah. every video. Um, or write it uh, in the video as a <laughs> kind of like a title you can add in. Um, yeah, I guess the other thing is we use a platform called Teachable for our courses. Mm -hmm. uh, there's lots of platforms. So another one that's quite popular, I think, is called Think Thinkific. Mm -hmm. Might have said that wrong, but it's yeah, um, yeah. It just was the one that seemed obvious at the time. It works really well for us, and you can kind of brand it yourself, and it mm -hmm. hosts all the videos. Um, so yeah, have a little play around and experiment with which one you like the most look at the pricing plans um i would say as well look at how they're going to charge you as you grow because right. some of them are to begin with but actually when you get to a certain point it's a lot more mm -hmm. so depending on how big you want your business to grow it's obviously useful to kind of future proof it um yeah i think i think that's most of the tech i guess the other <laughs> thing and I'm, I'm remembering more is think about how you're going to store your files because oh, videos yeah. are big files so yes. oh making God. sure you have like it all backed up and all that stuff it's like the amount of times i go to like render a video it's like your hard drive is full oh man <laughs> move it off to the external hard drive you know? <laughs> it makes some space okay now we can do it yeah yeah, it, it yeah. we started using yeah, it does. It's it's crazy. And like your computer gets full so quickly. And then like you said, you can't do anything. So we, we now use Google Drive. So we mm. kind of invested in that so that just everything goes on there straight away, just to keep the computers really kind of clean um, so that they can handle those giant files. <laughs> That's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So are there others, any sort of like, you know, is there like any legal aspect you have to worry about with, you know, teaching craft online or any other sort of that sort of stuff? Yeah. So you want to make sure you've covered all the health and safety aspects mm. of it, you know, so whatever they're using, especially like with us, they're using torches sometimes like saws, quite, um, you know, involved machinery. So just making sure that you cover how it's used and any health and safety and most of it's common sense. And you don't need to go over the top. Like you don't need to, you know, scare, you don't want to scare people. This is something <laughs> you do. So you obviously feel confident to do it and you want to pass that on. Um, but you do want to cover, you know, the things that you would cover in a class anyway, really. Yeah. You know, how you use the torch. I mean, we say things that are super obvious, but it's worth saying it because when people are learning, mm -hmm. there's a lot going on in their brain. So they kind of need to be guided. So, you know, have your hair tied back, make sure there's no paper on the bench or anything flammable, yeah. make sure you're not wearing a scarf, you know, just the simple things it's worth reminding. Don't reach into the pickle to pull out your, you know, Don't your reach jewelry. into the pickle. <laughs> <laughs> we all need it sometimes, yeah. you know, like, how to make a cup of tea yeah don't, <laughs> don't pour it on your hand um, but yeah the things that are obvious to you are not always obvious mm. you know as a beginner you at some point you were either told or shown or perhaps you did know but it's mm -hmm. always worth mentioning um and then we put them in the notes as well just so mm -hmm. that people have written form i mean we do have like terms and conditions and uh just like anyone would on their on their website you can't absolve yourself of all responsibility yeah that some people try and say is like none of this is my responsibility 
<laughs> but you can kind of say like, look, you are responsible for your own health and safety and we'll give you the guidelines. And it's really important that you kind of, you know, respect those. And, mm. you know, it's also worth saying if in your industry, you know, that people have general injuries, like we know that jewelers at some point may have like a saw blade cut because mm -hmm. it's just, I don't think there's any jeweler in the world who's never had one. <laughs> so it's just simple things like, you know, just wash it, put a plaster on it. It will be fine. You're not mm. alone. Cause a lot of it I think is fear-based as well, yeah. you know, around like potential accidents or um, yeah. So it's just common sense. What you would say, uh, if you were teaching a person in real life, what you would say to your friend if they were doing it and making sure you've got, yeah, your terms and conditions covered. I guess other things you want to be really clear on are like how long they have access to the course for, mm. um, you know, any kind of like payment plans. You want to make sure that you've just, it's all terms and conditions basically. Yeah. And you get to choose what they are. So just making it clear what people get, how long for, what access they have to you, mm -hmm. what access they might have to a Facebook group. Because um, what you don't want to have is people think they've got something for forever mm -hmm. and then you decide not to do it anymore or whatever. So it's thinking about those kind of aspects. Yeah, that's really important. Definitely. So we've covered a lot here. There's kind of a lot, <laughs> a lot to think about. <laughs> Yeah, if you want yeah. to sell, if you want to sort of teach online but you know again it's all it's all figure outable you know we we've done it you can do it too it's it's just a case of going through you know you know climbing the learning curve and giving it a go um and yeah like you said like start with something simple like take a take a short video and put it on your instagram of you making something like start there and then maybe do a, a YouTube video or a couple of YouTube videos and sort of play around with it all. And when you feel confident doing that, then that's the point where you can go, okay, well maybe we'll think about selling something. And there's, there's other platforms like, um, Udemy and, um, a whole bunch of those where you can like just sell like one short course or, you know, it's a teach one thing where you don't have to set up all of the sort of back end of things. You can just sort of upload it to their, their platform and you get a cut of the income line. I mean, you still have to market stuff, obviously, you know, if you, if you want people to find you, but um, there's lots, there's so many different ways that you can yeah. teach online and sell your, your content online these days. I mean, there are people who just have YouTube channels and they make, you know, heaps of money from advertising and, they use that as a, and I do a bit of this myself, you know, use it as a promotional tool for my jewelry business. You know, mm. um, I just released a video, I think it was last week, like how to, how to work out your ring size, especially if you can't go to a jewel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So useful. Simple stuff so like useful. that, that people are going to come across and go, Oh, that's so helpful. And then who is this person? Like, so think about, you know, that, that cross pollination as well between like your cut, your your I was gonna say jewelry customers. We're not on your podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> your there handmade, are other makers in the world. Right, that's right. Your handmade <laughs> business customers who are buying your product and the people who yeah. might want to learn how to make the product. There is some even though they're you know, they're like a Venn diagram. There is some overlap in the middle of that Venn diagram of Definitely. people who are interested yeah. in both of those things. So especially for beginners classes. And like yes. we've always found beginners is the most popular class. Um which is great. Like we taught so many classes at London Jewelry School, but we never had one that was more popular than one day beginner silver jewelry. Like that was the, <laughs> that was like the Holy grail. Like <laughs> that was our bestseller by a long, long way. And I think, yeah. you know, it's, you don't need loads of really complicated classes. Um, mm -hmm. Like when you look at 
businesses that have really grown you might see loads of those but that's just because they're doing more stuff you know Mm -hmm. but one good class that you promote and you you know help people through each year and the other thing I guess I didn't really mention is the idea of doing like a pre-recorded with live as well Mm. so you can record it so that you've you know you've got the quality of the content because that's the advantage of recording and editing Mm -hmm. and then you can play it live even in like a zoom and help Mm -hmm. people as they go through it or you can create a community where you do like some live you know you might say okay for the next four weeks we're going to learn how to make a chair so these are the videos um but every week i'm going to come and do a live and we're going to talk through like questions and i'll Mm -hmm. answer them so it's can be a hybrid which is what we do a lot more of now as well yeah that's a really good way of doing things because yeah i think people really appreciate that live interactive element um in Mm -hmm. some way like for my setup shop course i do like all the content's pre-done and it goes out by email and there's like a, a prompt in the Facebook group every day. But then I do a couple of live Q&A sessions because I'm like, I want to give you the opportunity to actually spend some time with me live and talk to me and ask me questions in that sort of format. So that hybrid format is a really nice way of doing yeah. things, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And we started uh, in COVID, we started running our jewelry diplomas online, which mm. is something we for years at the London Joy School and uh, it's quite interesting because there are a lot more involved courses so they're like a whole year-long program to train as a professional jeweler and so we have pre-recorded videos every week and then there's live sessions every week as well and then there's also one-to-one mentoring with a jeweler twice a term Mm -hmm. so it's kind of you can build more in you know as you grow obviously you start with some we started with some more simple classes (laughs) you have to start with that but it's it's where you can take it I suppose like it's a whole complete training online and there's so and then there's the Facebook group and you know all these different aspects so you can really build up something if you're passionate about sharing your craft mm. and perhaps if you're you're very good at your craft and there's not many people in the world who are that good for example could be a real service to pass that on so yeah. it works for all different levels and i think you know just be yourself as well like people will gravitate towards you or they won't and i, I think that's a that's a underrated marketing tool <laughs> it's just you know, sharing yourself and who you are and your personality. And some people will just really love you and really want to, you know, learn from you because of that. Definitely. Yeah. We all, we all like to be around people who are themselves, don't we? Yeah. Just, it's just like, it's so freeing. You're like, oh, that person's just themselves. Then someone pretending or someone super nervous or Mm -hmm. yeah. So absolutely. Do you have any final tips? Is there anything we haven't covered that you think people need to know about? this whole teaching online malarkey. Yeah, I guess the only other thing that's coming to mind is the idea of perhaps providing a kit or, um, you know, thinking about the materials because when you're teaching something physical online, that's something that people may be, that could hold them back from doing Mm -hmm. it. So it's just having a solution really. You don't have to provide a kit, but if you don't, I think it's really important to say exactly what to buy Mm -hmm. and where to buy it from. Again, with that kind of like cooking recipe thing, like don't (laughs) leave it up to chance, be specific. (laughs) People can always say like, oh, I'm gonna get a different version. But it's, yeah, I want to know, you know, if I'm learning how to make a chair or something online, I want to know, like, what wood do I need? I've never bought wood before for a chair. What wood do I need? What shape? What size? Like, Mm -hmm. what dimensions? So anything they need to know. What tools? Um, But, yeah, like, with our diplomas, we offer a kit, which is a lot of stuff. 
but I think it really makes a difference between people wanting to do it or not wanting to do it because you know it's like got 300 items in (laughs) so if we said like go and buy these 300 things like that's a lot and you know it's for some things it's so simple like it might just like a needle a thread and you know like a bit of hessian or whatever um but just tell people what they need and where to get it from or or give them I mean, I, I taught myself how to make a few like macrame plant hangers just from YouTube videos. And the ones that you, that I love are the ones that at the beginning, like they like, they lie out the, the, all the different materials and they put on screen exactly what the dimensions are and what the lengths are. And thank you. They didn't just like dive into making it. I'm like, what, how long is this? I don't know. What am I supposed to cut here? Like, help me. Um, so I think that's yeah. so important and it's also a way to like cross sell and upsell like if you provide the kit materials mm. like some pe- people can go to your shop and buy those obviously you sell the kit at, you know at a markup so you make a bit of profit mm. of it and then in the kit you can go I've got a course that teaches you how to make this here's the course and in the course you go I've, you can buy a kit here's the kit so you've got a bit of you know <laughs> that sort of backwards and forwards yeah yeah thing happening there which you know could bring you a bit more income as well so it's another another good way of doing things absolutely sure yeah and just enjoy it you know it's so much Mm. fun it's such a great business model like i think it's such it's so awesome to teach online and Mm. to see that business grow and to meet more people and to see the results they get you know Mm. there's nothing more rewarding than seeing them be like look i made it you know (laughs) it's like oh wonderful so yeah, it's a great thing to do. Bringing more beauty and joy into the world can't be a bad thing. Definitely not. Now, where can people go to take your courses? Sure. Yeah. So we're we're called Jewelers Academy. So it's just jewelersacademy.com. And yeah, lots of courses in jewelry making and running a jewelry business. So any jewelers looking to upskill or learn new things or just be part of another community, we would we'd very much welcome you. And that's the English Australian version of jewelers. That's how you spell it, not the American spell. Yes, yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> the, just quietly, the proper spelling. <laughs> that's right. I'm that's the one. Now. <laughs> <laughs> the way we spell it, yeah. So the way jewel- we spell it. Jewelersacademy.com. And can you just tell us, because I'm really interested in these diplomas you're doing, just tell us a little bit about those because they sound pretty epic. Yeah, yeah, they've been really popular. Like it's it's been amazing to take them online. So we've run them in person for about seven or eight years, mm-hmm. but we were always obviously limited by space. So they are year-long programs. There's two of them. There's the diploma in silver jewelry, which is for kind of like beginner to intermediate level jewelers. And then there's a diploma in fine jewelry, which is a brand new course starting in September, and that's for kind of intermediate to advanced level. So it's, yeah, it's just taking you really on that journey. And we teach things that are commercially viable. So there's Mm -hmm. kind of like an entrepreneurial aspect to both the courses. So you're learning the craft, you're learning all the things, but every project, I always think like, can someone sell this? Is this commercial? Because for me, it's all about building a business. It doesn't have to be, but so you learn how to make, you know, like really intricate engagement rings in the fine jewelry diploma that you do like a tennis bracelet, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Core setting working lots with kind of gemstones silver gold granulation it's yeah it's it's awesome and uh, you get a one-to-one mentor assigned who's like a professionally trained goldsmith who you speak with twice a term 
you also send your work to us to get marked mm -hmm. so it's quite involved so each time you send your work and we have people from all over the world that do it so it's kind of like there's a system for it all to happen mm -hmm. and be safe and all <laughs> of that good stuff and uh, yeah your, your mentor sits down with it and marks each piece and gives you one-to-one -one feedback on zoom well, and there's also this yeah it's wonderful and there's this wonderful kind of community online where there's q a's every week and people post their projects so there's about 12 weeks in a term so we do it around the school terms and you can learn at any time you like and um yeah you've got lifetime access to it as well so if you kind of have a commission in a few years time and you're like oh my god how do you do a locket again you can just go back and kind of look at it so yeah it's uh it was the dream course that i wanted to do so yeah. i just made it <laughs> that's how it happens yeah. isn't it like it is. i want this course where is this course well no one else has made it let me just do it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm lucky because I get to work with all these amazing jewelers with like 20, 30 years experience and being like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And they just show me and then, yeah, we, we sell it to other people. So it's That's fantastic. Um, it's an amazing course. So if you want to get really serious about your jewelry making, go check that out again, jewelersacademy.com. Jess, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your time and your knowledge. And I hope we've inspired some makers out there to give teaching a go. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Come and come and tell us that, you know, come and find me on Instagram as well. I love uh, connecting with people on Instagram. Come and share your course with me. I'd love to love to come and check it out and, and good luck. And thanks again, Jess, for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jess. I know I really enjoyed chatting with her. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or enjoyed the show in general, please do share it uh, with your colleagues, your friends, share it on Instagram stories, uh, you know, let people know about it in Facebook groups. I'd really like to reach as many makers as possible with this show and help them out. So I appreciate every single one of you for listening. I appreciate you for sharing. So thank you to all of you for being here. If you'd like to support the show, you can leave a rating or review, especially on um, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to financially support the show, you can do so by becoming a member of the Thriver Circle and you'll get access to my year-long course, Your Year to Thrive, which will take you on a journey of learning everything you need to know to start and grow a successful and profitable handmade business. Plus joining us for monthly calls, workshops, chats, and joining our community uh, forum as well and getting access to me and working with me. If you would like to do that, you can do that over at thrivercircle.org. Thank you so much for being here. I'll be back again soon with another episode of the show and bye for now.